Yeah, I was meaning to play. Uh, no, that's cool. Play it up. Just get it going, dude. That's cool. I was actually going to do a Night of the Vampire with uh, Rocky Erickson. Let's go out with that after this. We're going to do two werewolf songs on the way here as we clean up uh, Mutiny. Make sure it's all spick and span for the uh, next guests if they decide to come in. Werewolves of London with Ward Zevon. We'll be back in two weeks with Vampire Radio. Uh, first Saturday of every month. Walking through the streets. I know I can't get into all that. I don't even know what you guys going on there. Hey, this is Roxy Roller. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. We got uh, Albert Necromos. Uh, One more time. You have Morris Carr playing over at the Pro Arts 150 Frank O G A W A, also known as Oscar Grant Plaza, downtown Oakland. All ages, five bucks. No one's turned away. Eight to midnight. Morris Carr is at ten. Awesome. Hey, this is uh, Warren Zevon. We'll be back uh, in two weeks. I'll be back next week, I think, with uh, Luca Brazzi live here in the studio and a whole lot more. Love you guys. This is Ross Roller. Until next week. And last night, doing the werewolves of London again. Gent who ran a muck in Kent. Lately he's been overheard in Mayfair. You better stay away from him. You'll rip your lungs out, Jim. I'd like to meet his tailor. Salon Cheney walking with the Queen Doing the werewolves of London 
I saw Lon Chaney Jr. walking with the Queen <laughs> Doing the werewolves of London I saw a werewolf drinking a pina colada at Trader Vic's hair was perfect. Yeah, well, we're going to have one more song. One more song for you. If you want to stick around for it, it's Rocky Erickson's Night of the Vampire. That song's so cool. We're going to start off every show uh, with the Vampire Radio with that song from now on. I've been meaning to do it. It just didn't happen this week. But next week, I promise. There we go. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week.
Radio.fm. I am your host, Pam Benjamin. On Altcast, sadly, I am Sans Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth. Sadly, Sans Sheriff. Oh, listen to me, being a writer, sticking words together in a fun way. whoop de doo We do have a special guest coming in today, Thomas Bridgman, a writer from timstesseract.com. Go check out that amazing web space. Uh, have a bunch of writers from Tim's Tesseract coming on today on the AltaCast. Not only the amazing Thomas Bridgman, also giving us a call all the way from St. Louis, Missouri, Old dumb face himself, Steve Poggi, giving us a call. Excited for that little light to light up and for him to light up our lives here on the AltaCast. What a joy. Hopefully we will get a spoiler-full recap and critique, maybe, or I don't know what he's going to say about it, but of the new Last Jedi movie in the Star Wars saga our good buddy old dumb face steve poji saw it on opening day i still haven't seen it yet because i'm poor and can't afford movies uh hey did have a great holiday time specifically around those christmas dates thanks so much to jonathan moore and the moore slash zimmerman family for being awesome and allowing me to be a part of many holiday fun times cousin Chrissy and sister Melissa Drug Policy Alliance you know she's our good buddy Uh, but we all hung out it was awesome and I am such a dick I did not bring any gifts nor did my amazing life partner god I hate calling him my boyfriend (laughs) I say that every week I know but uh I got so many gifts and I didn't bring any gifts. I'm such a jerk. I'm wearing some of my amazing gifts from Chrissy. She is a jewelry designer. I have this amazing new necklace that on one side says fuck and on the other side says love. Which side am I wearing right now? Yep, that's the fuck side. Also, she has a series of butthole jewelry. I have the first cast. They're a pair of earrings she gave me years ago through Jonathan. But this is a new ring. And she takes a cast of her butthole and then makes it into jewelry. She's a genius. I love it. We should look it up online and tell you guys where you can buy her amazing jewelry. She has this new, like, hand-molded cast of a hand giving the finger. And there's, like, diamonds on it. And it's all in gold. And it's gorgeous. So, I didn't get that one for Christmas. It's, like, $3,200. Woo! <laughs> I was like, Jonathan was like, I wanted to get it for you for our anniversary. And I was like, don't do that. I don't think that my ex-husband spent that much on my first engagement ring, which I used to wear but don't wear anymore. Anyway, uh, holiday times were really fun. I had a great time. And uh, super thanks to Tony Asar and Eric Escobar for getting me on a last-minute show in L.A. I got to be a part of the hip-hop music festival. It was um, hip-hop awareness. It was so cool. We felt so cool. Um, I got to guess that. I didn't even have to do open mics. Isn't that great? I got on a show last minute in L.A. 
So, yay, everything worked out. I used to uh, really shit on LA quite a bit and uh, call it a soul-sucking wasteland of Lexuses, but it's actually really nice. The weather was great and they have public transportation there now. We took something called the Red Line from downtown all the way to Hollywood and it cost like two seventy-five. <laughs> it was only going to be a dollar seventy-five, but we had to buy the little card. So next time we go back, we can tap. Anyway, I'm really happy and proud of LA for not being a shithole. I, I thought, you know, I've I've just talked so much uh, bad news on them, and they don't suck that much. Yay! Yay! Changing our minds. One city at a time. I mean, it's still part of California. How bad can it be, right? Uh, until our good buddy Thomas Bridgman comes in, uh, I'd like to do a little year in review cap. Uh, some of you might remember that Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, my co-host and I, at the beginning of this year, we were doing every week a, a run, a one-off. We were doing um, raps where I'd take the quotes of people off the internet and then we would rap over them with just beats behind them. And the most amazing thing about my co-host Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, is that she had no script in front of her, no anything. She was just going off me and off the music and having a great time. So she's a talented, talented woman. Uh, these were all one at, uh, one-offs. I just found the quotes and then just started rapping them. Uh, the very first one was I believe 45 Alive, which was our, oh nope, the first one was Susan Olson. That's what started this all out on March 1st of last year, was Susan Olson! Because I was, I uh, found it on the internets, I found Susan Olson had some amazing things that she said, and I thought to myself, well, Let's get that going. So uh, here was the first one of this year. This is uh, Trump support. I, I think Trump supporters are funny to me. Really, I don't think we should take them off the air all the time. Okay. Hold on, I'm gonna. This is a this is a rap rap background. We're gonna rap to it. <laughs> we'll get a little bit beat. Hey there, little pussy. Let me get my big boy pants on and really take you on. What a snake in the grass. You are, you lying piece of shit. What? Too cowardly to confront me in real life. You do it on Facebook. You're the biggest faggot ass in the world. Biggest pussy, pussy, pussy. My dick is bigger than yours, which, which ain't saying much. What a true piece of shit you are, lying faggot. Susan Olsen! Susan Olsen! Susan Olsen! 
make America great again. Making America great. What a pathetic little cunt you are. Hell is waiting for you. Enjoy. So that was the first one. We made a song, you guys. We did it here on the Altacast. Oh, oh, that's got to be Poji. Yay. Hold on, everybody. Hold on. All right, lucky us. On the line, we've got old dumbface himself, Steve Poji. Yes, I was lucky to make it through the screening process. <laughs> through the screening process. You did it, everybody. Uh, we have... Uh, he's a badass. He's out there in uh, St. Louis. Steve Poggi. Also, today we're uh, p- pimping up Tim's Tesseract, which you write for as well. So, yeah. uh, Thomas Bridgman, that weirdo. He's not in yet. Of course he's late, but uh, he'll be in. Oh, yeah, soon. old bubblegum garbage face. <laughs> bubblegum bar- garbage party himself. Uh, and I always loved that name because I didn't realize what it meant uh, until I remembered a time where I was trying to give my ex-husband a blowjob on the playa and his stick was soft and I was like, it was like a bubblegum garbage party in my mouth. So that's where I, and, and I told that to Thomas and he's like, oh my God, that is what it means. He didn't mean for it to mean that, but then that's what that is. It's uh, trying to give someone a BJ with a soft softy oh yeah well, what is harpoon daddy mango yeah it's harpoon daddy that was a uh, big daddy harpoon construction i think he just likes to throw words together in an interesting way he does he's a he's a very strange man did you did you read the christmas story that i wrote i i started to about uh santa at the with the clones yeah, uh, and I, I thought it was cute that you used um, the name uh, Brady in the beginning. Uh, yeah, I figured we'd uh, we'd wedge in Brady Hold into the mix <laughs> and uh, try to get some extra press out of it. Right. Well, uh, I I I did read your entire um, father story about the lizards, though. That was that father bonding. I read, but yeah. this one was what bedtime stories. Uh, and uh, he's coming. So, uh, where, where do you, where have you been getting your crazy ideas for your stories? This was a long one. Um, well, I mean, I just kind of like to write stuff, and uh, as I'm writing it, I like to drink a very, very minute amount of white wine. <laughs> and uh, as the wine gets a hold of me, I like to, uh, I don't know, just make shit up. Right, right. So I, I was very tickled with in the 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 leader of the evil Santa Clauses, uh, known as the Knights of Kringle. <laughs> uh, the leader's name was No Yell. Instead of Noel, this is very instead yeah. of Noel. I went with I I started doing a lot of punny type horror things. Well, Skippy Gumdrop is a great name uh, for Ooh. an elf. Yeah, the so whole Gumdrop I, I clan. I don't know. I, I kind of wanted. 
I was thinking I was just going to write these things and then just take like the common uh, thing out of them and then make like a little audio broadcast where I actually like read them and add in sound effects. Uh, so rocks glasses played a heavy role. I was actually going to release something else and then I was like, I should do something for Christmas. So I just sat down and just whipped that out. Awesome. Uh, so you, that, that's your second story on on Tim's tesseract. Have have you uh, have you have you read any of anything else on the? Have you gone through the whole website and read some other things? Or I, I have actually I, the Jane sixes uh, that you've been writing. I've actually been letting those kind of pile up. Ah. Uh, I I found that I kind of do them the same way that I do with comic books, like. I would read a comic book, and they're so short that you're just kind of like, oh, man, I want to know what happens next. So I would buy comic books, and then I'd wait till I had, like, four or five together in a series, and I'd sit down for, like, an hour, and I'd read them all. Nice. So, yeah, you're, I'm conserving yours. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I've been I've been trying to go through the website and read a lot of uh, what's going on there, because there's, I, it's like it came out of nowhere, and suddenly he's got all this material. I'm like, who is, what is going on? This is great. Awesome. Yeah, no, there's a lot of stuff. Some of it, uh, I don't know, I, I enjoy the, the stories and the writing more than I do necessarily the pitch stuff. Right. The pitch stuff, I'm not really that hip into. I do like how he's kind of trying to get like a little graphic to kind of like, I don't know. Add, I think now in our culture with technology, we have to add a lot more kind of visual things. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I was told that. They were like, oh, someone said, oh, you know, I get your updates all the time, but you never have pictures. You should really, and even if it's just a dumb picture, people like it better. They want, Everyone wants to be visual. Yeah, we're, we're very visually dominated now, which totally sucks if you're blind. <laughs> I never thought about it. That's, that's your own set of problems, blindies. How do you deal with the internet? I mean, there must be some speaking. They, computers can talk to you. I mean, I guess they could just, they must have a thing where something reads out loud to them all the time. Who knows? Hopefully they're auditory that. learners. Could you imagine if you were visually impaired and you weren't an auditory learner? <laughs> what if? Yeah, that would be a good story idea to have a, a blind character and then have the twist be that the robots have already taken over everything, but they don't really know about oh, it. Oh, that's a great idea. Absolutely. Yeah, or yeah, maybe the robots just... engineer humans to be blind, so that way they offer lower resistance. Ooh, and so they have no idea, because now with the technology, I mean, you could have a robot, and it could have, like, you know, human skin, or they could have their consciousness downloaded into some sort of, who knows. I just got a text from Thomas Bridgman. He said he'll be here about one. He's a little late. He's always late. It's fine. I got to talk he's to old. Steve Porter. He's, he's younger than me. Uh, so how was your holiday time with uh, the fam? Was that all great? Oh, man, dude. We, I mean, you know how big I am on Christmas. Yeah, all the Christmas and, music. And uh, last year I was a little bummed because I wasn't able to go to, uh, to my homeland of Missouri uh, because Dad was having all kinds of heart issues, right? Right. So this week, uh, this year, um, Christmas was on, Christmas Eve was a Sunday, actually on a Monday. The Tuesday beforehand, my aunt had to go to the hospital uh, because she was having some, some heart problems. Oh my God. Problems. So uh, it turned out like a very casual thing. I woke up and my mom was like, hey, I'm taking uh, your aunt to the hospital, her sister. Uh, she's having some chest stuff. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. 
I got updates throughout the day. Hey, everything's fine. We're getting ready. They're going to release it. We're going to take off. And then we got a thing back saying, well, actually, a certain level of enzymes were really elevated, which indicates heart issues. So they're going to take her in for a cardiac cast. She has to stay at the hospital. Yeah. Over so Christmas. Night, Boo. Uh, my mom stayed with her at the hospital. The second night, her daughter, my cousin, Tammy, stayed with her at the hospital. And then the third and fourth night, I was like, hey, uh, you know, mom, you're old. Tammy, you're really busy. She owns her own company and everything that she's running. Uh, I'll I'll stay the nights. I'll do the night shifts at the hospital. I'm I've been a road comic for long enough, so I could sleep in a locker if I had to. <laughs> uh, so I stay I stayed with them through the nights, and uh, then she got released uh, that Saturday before Christmas Eve. So we were all really relieved. One thing that kind of aggravated me throughout the whole thing was that my cousin's husband. Uh, he really didn't do anything. Oh. Yeah, during the whole thing, which, I mean, we all kind of think of him as a, as a stupid guy. Uh, he he, he kind of dropped out of high school to do a professional dance career. And now that he's in his 40s and his body doesn't work so well, they started a dance business of teaching kids how to dance or whatever. And... Uh, you know, me and him, we always drink and carry on and everything else. And, you know, he's been a really good friend of mine. And uh, so there was a rift on Christmas Eve, or on Christmas Day. We had the family come over. Normally, we do Thanksgiving. My aunt does uh, Christmas. And then my other aunt, who lives down in the country, she does uh, a bonfire in October. So it's kind of like October's Aunt Linda, Thanksgiving's us. Christmas is my Aunt Pat. Well, given all the stress of everything, she wasn't supposed to be doing anything. Right, so Aunt we Pat can't cook it. for everybody because she's in the hospital, or she just got out right. of the hospital. And part of part of it was that they thought that maybe her stress levels were kind of aggravating everything because she's 74. Oh. And so it's like, no problem. I've kind of pretty much taken over the cooking duties. If you remember when I was like, how do you brine a turkey? <laughs> and I just... I we bought this nice family turkey and I stuck it in an empty pickle bucket, filled it with some juice, and then set it in our garage for 24 hours. Right on. And it turned out great. So yeah. Christmas Day comes and my mom has a very simple request of she's like, I don't want football on the TV. <gasps> every on time Christmas we have holidays, though. Okay. Yeah, every time we have holidays, the cousin's husband always comes over and he just gets on the TV and immediately puts it on the football. And it aggravates it. I like football. I could do with it. I could do without it. My little brother likes it. He could do with it. He could do without it. So we were like, okay, no problem. So you watch basketball instead because the Warriors were on. We were, no, we are like, we'll just do all Christmas stuff. Okay. We'll just make it totally about Christmas. And so everyone comes over to the house. And we're eating, carried on. I made a nice honey-baked ham. I uh, I lifted the Bender's recipe and I did some uh, pan roasted Brussels sprouts. Nice. And uh, tried to kind of focus everything more on some heart healthy dishes, <laughs> um, just because that was on everyone's mind. Like even me, like I'd really cut back on my cigarette smoking. And I bought a bunch of nicotine gum, um, so now I would smoke about a pack and a half. Uh, yeah, about a pack and a half a day. 
Uh, when I was out in San Francisco, that was less. I smoked maybe a quarter pack to a half pack. Good for and now you. I'm just doing a, a few cigarettes here and there, trying to rely mostly on the gum. And uh, so everyone comes over. Sure enough, the, the husband comes in, and we, we he's there maybe about 20 minutes. We eat. Uh, that's over. We're kind of, you know, getting our bulbous stomachs to rest. And uh, he goes to put on football. Like, he didn't. He didn't get I'm, the memo. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, oh no, man, I was, we're not, we're not doing football this year. We're keeping it all on Christmas. And he was like, bullshit, we're putting football on. And I was like, no, man, we're not doing this. You find a way to watch it on your phone or whatever. Uh, right, watch it on your phone. You don't have the NFL ticket. Come on, you can watch every game. Yeah, we're, we're just, we're do- and it was, no, man, I'm, and he grabs the remote, and he's like, what channel's NBC? And I was like, hey, man, we're not doing football. And uh, so then he's like, no, man, I'm putting it on. And then I kind of get a little stern with him. Uh, his, his mother's name is Nancy. And uh, I go, hey, man, my name's not Nancy, and you ain't special. We're not watching football. Nice. And then uh, my cousin, his wife, was like, "Yeah, Aunt Karen, my mom, was like, we don't, we're not watching football." And he's like, "This is bullshit. Fine, I'm going home." <gasps> and so he gets into his car and he leaves. Wow. And we didn't see him the rest of the night. Now keep in mind, like, like when I say we're having a family gathering, we don't have a large family. I got two aunts, two cousins. Uh, one uncle, you know, my immediate family, and then the husband. We're talking 12 that's, people, Max. He was the 12th. That's everybody. Right. And it was like, and so he just fucking bails out not to be seen. And we were all, I, uh, well, I mean, I wouldn't say all of us, but I was especially very embarrassed for my cousin because we're a female, heavily, heavy family. And so it's kind of like, you know, in front of all these people that matter the most to her, that raised her and everything else, your husband leaves on Christmas Day after about 45 minutes. Yeah, like a baby. he wants to watch football. I want to watch football. he didn't even visit the his mother-in-law in the hospital, so he's already on everyone's shit list. Exactly, and right. there's just been a long history of he thinks that we're kind of like, some like hometown hillbilly kind of rednecks and he, he, he doesn't like being around the family is always kind of the vibe that he gets but at the same time both of my aunts my well my mom and then my aunt who was in the hospital they all work at the dance studio behind the counter doing administration stuff i help at the dance studio clean it on the weekend and it's his this is his dance studio because he's a yeah. failed dancer and he has to have a studio to teach other kids how to do the running man of course very important exactly yeah. but he is technologically not capable he dropped out of high school to do dancing right so he has a very limited education so anything on the internet and everything like that he doesn't do like it's supposed to be a 50-50 split between him and uh, his wife and it's you know, basically, he's like the janitor and a dance instructor, and then she takes care of all the administration stuff and all the website and all the emailing. Sure. And all the and scheduling of classes, classes and kids in the class and making sure they paid. And yeah, 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 yeah. Running a business, right. 
Exactly. And, like, to further put the proof, or not proof, but just to further kind of, like, cite, like, the dilemma here. So the first night she stayed at the hospital when my mom was there, they had all these T-shirts and merchandise that they had to put together for the kids. And now since they're kids, some of them were getting them as Christmas presents. Some of them, the parents knew, you know, what they were getting. But it wasn't like comedy merch to where it's like, hey, here's my T-shirt with the dildo on it. You know, what size do you want? It was like, they had like baseball style shirts, sweatpants and like five different colors, like this massive undertaking. So I was like, well, I'll help you guys put all this together since, you know, you're worried about your mom, my aunt, and you know, we'll, we'll pull together as a family and we'll get through this. And the way it worked out was basically, my cousin would get all these different shirts together for the order forms, hand it to her husband, who would then turn around, hand it to me, and then I would put them all in a bag with the order form and I would staple the bag closed so that the name was showing, but nobody could open the bag to see what was inside of it. And it was like, it brought in the question like, can this guy even read? <laughs> <laughs> like, where are we at with this? But yeah, man, it was, it was definitely like a, a kind of slap to the face, like, so wow, dude. Like, did he bring any presents? Did he bring no, any? He, he didn't. He didn't bring any gifts. Didn't he didn't have any, any food. No food. He brought a no paper help. bag full of games. He's a he's a worthless pile of dog shit, is what you're saying. Dude, and, yeah. and it's good. Good guy. Part I mean, of your family. Been, like awesome. little like hiccups here and there with things. He uh, he was about how he was upset that uh, I was now doing this. <laughs> Because his opinion is so important to everybody's well-being. <laughs> yeah, man. And it, and it was really, really bad to the point where, like, I mean, I told you, I gambled. I bought, I spent $1,500 buying a massive collection online of these toys. That it's the not that big selling. of a gamble, though. I mean, it's you know you're going to turn around and sell it eventually, hopefully. With At some the time, stuff. I, I mean, did it. At well, the time, I had no clue what I was doing. I just knew I could make money off these. I knew some of these had value to them. And I knew I was buying them for the individual price of about $2.50 a piece. Yeah. It's good investment. And, uh, yeah, dude, it caused some major risks. <laughs> well, I mean, we could we could try to bridge this. To, I just, uh, Josh, Loud Josh just came in. Do you know Loud Josh? You remember Loud Josh. You were here. You were in town. You remember. Not unless him. I got drunk and yelled at him. No, I know you didn't yell at him. Uh, but, he, the, I mean, you're just talking Aaron, the family drama. Uh, Josh, did you have any family drama this year? Oh, wait, no, you do. You have had family drama because I even overheard something about vendors. People were talking, but I didn't I, get involved. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it. Okay, he doesn't want to air that uh, part of the laundry. See I, see, I put people on blast. I'm all about this call-out culture. Call-out culture. <laughs> no, I well, am too. I'm the dick that no, didn't nobody, bring nobody at vendors is to be put on blast. Oh, okay. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but somebody else definitely deserves to be on blast but I'm having a little more class in this right now alright we've got class it's good because Steve's people are, aren't listening they're in St. Louis anyway so they don't give a fuck so that's why he gets to talk about this uh -oh. nameless right. person I, uh, I, I was the dick I was brought to Jonathan's holiday neither one of us brought any cards any gifts and everyone got me gifts I got like a $50 gift card from to to um, Whole Foods from Jonathan's mom and was this the Colt family? 
No, this isn't. They're just all really Christian. That cool sign over there that now says read books. Melissa got me like a mar- a tiny marquee that I can change like whatever I want to say on it and have it at the station. And I'm wearing all this cool new jer- uh, jewelry from Cousin Chrissy. Like I was just sort of this accoutrement that came and everyone gave me gifts. And I felt like such a dick because Jonathan and I, we didn't bring anything like I was like, I'm here for the ride. And Jonathan's like, here I am. <laughs> Yay, we're here. Thanks for giving us things. So, uh, did the comedian cousin come? No, the comedian cousin did not come. He's, um, sadly, he, he's, he did not. Uh, but everybody else was there. Too many names. Lots of people. It was really fun. They only talked about Jesus a little bit, so that was fine. I was totally okay with it. Uh, Were you ready for it? Were you like, I'm going to pull out my evidence shaming you guys? Well, no. I was trying to be like, you know, this cool girlfriend that Jonathan has. I I just didn't want to. And then once everybody starts giving you gifts, you don't want to piss anybody off. So I was just like doing a lot of smiling. And at dinner at one point, they're like, Pam, what about you? And I was like, I am boring. You really don't want to. You guys talk talk amongst the family. Don't worry about what's going on in my life. Like, did you tell them that one time you tried to kill yourself to be closer to Jesus? No, I did not tell them that story. I should have though. That would have been that would have been apropos. I think. Uh, Steve, the real reason I wanted you to call in today is I wanted to hear your a review slash critique of the new uh, Star Wars movie. Oh man! Yeah. What you haven't seen it yet either? Don't I worry, Josh. Neither one Although of us will I remember am this. That I found out today that it's it's grossed over like. $400 million. I've heard it's a piece of shit and I'm still wondering why everybody keeps wondering why Blade Runner didn't do well when huh. Blade Runner was fucking awesome. I didn't see Blade well, Runner either. I had heard that Blade Runner didn't do well because uh, well, there's a couple things here. One was that they put a very kind of strict gag order uh, on the people that reviewed it so that no spoilers got leaked. For which so, one? True, and too many millennials don't know what the fuck Blade Runner is. Yeah, like, and with an old franchise like that, I think, like, it's not just a single movie. You're you're talking about two movies, so to release some sort of spoilers would reinvest interest in the first one, which would make you more uh, invested to carry it on into the second one. Right. But with Star Wars, one of the things that was interesting is Disney spent a lot of money, not a lot of money, but more money than usual in sending YouTubers to the premiere. Oh. Hmm. Because there's a big, big Star Wars culture online, especially on YouTube, about people speculating about the new films and who this character was. What's going to happen? How are they going to connect? Yeah. And so the mindset for a lot of Star Wars fans, because a lot of them are diehard fans. Yeah. So you've got people coming into this movie thinking that they were going to get some intricate technical backstory on the main uh, protagonist, the main antagonist, and then it was going to be revealed what's been going on um, with our hero, Luke Skywalker, who, you know, had the three films about him who kicked everything off. And none of those questions were really answered satisfactorily. So I think the problem is is that over two years, a lot of people built up a lot of hype, wondering where this was going to go, how this was going to play out, and they didn't really address any of it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, one of the things, when I first saw it, it's not that I was necessarily disappointed, 
I was just expecting it to go into a different direction. You know, so like, you're being so vague. So they, they have Kylo Ren, who was Kylo Ren. Han Solo's son. Yep, Ben Solo. Right. And uh, he's still the bad guy. He's the antagonist. And you've got he, that... And he was such a punk bitch in The Force Awakens. <laughs> I mean, he was he, fucking he really cool that. until he took the mask off. And then I just could not buy it anymore at all whatsoever. Because he looked too young? He was a punk. <laughs> he just well, didn't look rough and tough enough. Spoiler territory? Can we, can we yeah, sure. Him? I don't care because yeah. I won't remember anyway. I mean... Okay. So, you have Kylo Ren and you have Rey. And Ray is a Force-sensitive person, which made a lot of people think that she's got to be related to somebody in the Star Wars universe. She's right. got to be a Kenobi, a Skywalker. She's not. It turns out she was just some kid who had some Force-sensitive powers. Her parents were deadbeats, and they literally sold her to a slaver for drinking money. Ha-ha. Sounds, now, sounds, like, sounds like they're trying to, like, attach to American kids that have shitty parents. Exactly. Was exactly what so, I, was I was like, oh, Arkansas, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Kylo Ren, still a little bit of that punk bitch feeling, um, mainly because he felt abandoned by his parents. Leia was busy with the resistance. Han Solo didn't know what to do. He's like, my kid's out of here, so I'm just going to go back to smuggling shit. That's what I do. That's what I enjoy. And uh, so you get to find out what happened. Basically... Luke sensed uh, a lot of dark side in Kylo because he felt kind of abandoned by his parents. And he started to see in his training that Kylo was using the dark side a little bit more. This isn't shown. This is just kind of told to you by the characters. And so one night, Luke went in there and he went into his mind and he saw this overwhelming, massive pit of darkness so he ignites the green lightsaber from Return of the Jedi, and he's about to kill Kylo Ren in his sleep oh. because he doesn't want another Darth Vader to show up. And then he has a moment of hesitation. Kylo Ren wakes up, sees what's going on, and now he's like, great. So my uncle is now going to try to kill me because, you know, he's a crazy asshole or whatever. <laughs> Kylo Ren lights up his lightsaber, hits Luke's lightsaber, brings the Jedi Temple that they're in down on top of Luke, and then is, goes into a very childish, emo kind of, man, fuck these people, and he kills everybody. Very Anakin-like, yeah. He just wipes them out like a, like a, a kid would. Like. Well, it's the, same, it's the same turn that Anakin did when he's like, my mother was killed, I'm murdering yeah. all the sand people. And that dude <laughs> sucks, too. I mean, what's right that now, shitty actor's name? His name is Hayden Christensen, and yeah, he's not he, a shitty actor. Well, he was shitty he, in that he was movie. shitty in that, that movie. The kid in the first one was way better than he because was. Because George Lucas was the director, and True. George Lucas is a terrible director yes, with he humans. Is. He's great yeah. with like little beings and weird digital ideas. shit. Ideas are great. He's a great story writer, line. but when it comes to directing humans, he is a pile of dog shit. Which is why I have more like I have more chemistry with my cat Spike than he did for Natalie Portman. I have more chemistry with Natalie Portman than Hayden Christensen had with Natalie Portman. Everyone who doesn't have chemistry with Natalie Portman, she's fucking hot. And yet, in, in those movies, he was 
it's and it's because he's really gay in real life and I, I learned no, that no it just means he's a bad actor no it means that he's not a bad actor because he was really good in Life as a House with uh, Kevin Klein. he's a really he's great a penny, actor a, plenty of passionate gay men and fake scenes of them being in that, love with women okay Hayden Christensen is just a true. shitty fucking actor well, I, I would blame no, it on the director because I've seen him in other things he's good George Lucas there's, there's a lot of stories where George Lucas would be like they'd do a take and then George would be like hey that was good but uh can you do that a little bit more flat? Like, <laughs> like, could you tone it down a little bit? Like, I love you. There's a lot you. of emotion in that. Yeah. So, like, if you go through and you look at all the stuff that George was doing, like, he was a great idea person, but he could not convey that into a film structure. Right. What, who's, who's better at uh, writing the stories, Disney or uh, George Lucas? Well, it's, it's kind of hard because Disney... Like, there's a certain level when you make a movie that there's a formula that's followed. Like, you, like that was the best friend always dies on page 80. No, I know that formula. I took a screenwriting class a couple times. Yeah, like, the the big beef with the Star Wars movie is that when we find Luke Skywalker again, the champion of the galaxy who defeated Darth Vader, he's a broken, bitter old man who doesn't want anything to do with anything. He went to this island because he just wanted to die out there, and he shut himself off from the Force. Because he basically was like, I failed, I suck, I, I, I'm horrible, I'm not going to do this, I'm out. So is this movie and just a bunch of people crying? Yeah, it sounds like that. <laughs> because like Rogue One was fucking amazing to me, and yeah, I, I, I'd probably be more disappointed because I was so happy with Rogue One. It was really, it was, it was. I, I also I standing ovation to that movie. Yeah. I've never done that to a movie ever. It was, it was so good, and yeah. that they put the. I just really loved having the stormtroopers running around like the Bahamas. I thought that was great. That there's like this, that they they brought it into other worlds instead of being like we're in a shitty desert world. Now we're in a shitty Antarctica world. They're like, no, no, they were on some pretty sweet island paradisical, you know, shit. I love it, those guys <laughs> yeah. jumping around. No, like, one of the big things that I think affected things is kind of the merchandising aspect. Mm, like, you remember yeah. when the original Star Wars came out, uh, the toys of, like, the obscure characters that were just kind of in the background really, really took off. And then there's a lot of people... Uh, that are like, oh, well, this ship that you see for half a second, well, that's a, you know, Corellian frigate, and uh, they do blah, blah, like, so th there's a lot of attention to the background details and stuff that doesn't really translate with the characters that well. Right. So, so I mean, like, the prequel movies, a lot of people will say that those suck, but if you go through and you get into the novels and all the comic books, and then you get the character development... Then when you see one of the Jedi Masters who's on screen for half a second get killed, you know who he is, so you have some sort of sense of him, and then it impacts you more. Whereas if you just watch the movies, you're just like, all right, the guy with his you know, dicks hanging off his head died. Who cares? Right, right. They're like, yeah, Mace Windu, whatever. Who cares? Uh, yeah. Well, and those first, the, the prequel movies are actually really good if you just fast forward through all the love bullshit if you just watch all the cool fight scenes they're actually really good movies but when you get into the like 
Look, I'm Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman, and we're romping around in this field and rolling around in the pasture. It's just bullshit. It's like... Uh, yeah, it's filler, when there could have yeah. been other stuff well, to fill. There could have been other cool shit, but yeah. instead it's like, look, we're rolling around in the grass because we're trying to create this weird love story. And and in the in the four, five, and six, there was a great love story that was created between Han Solo and, and Leia. And, but it wasn't like, look, we're doing a love story part now. It was sort of brought well, I was telling it. the 80s. They were just talking shit back and forth to each other because they were high as fuck on cocaine. Right, exactly. But yeah. It was a little <laughs> different the time, time there. Like, and those original movies, it was just like, hey, we're going to make a sci-fi opera movie. Well, what are we going to do? Let's fucking make some laser swords, dude. All right, cool. I fuck that. yeah. Let's make my dog a guy. All right, <laughs> let's do that too. Whereas now, when they're making these movies, they're like, we have to do a Star Wars film where we have to kind of handle the old characters that we have, and then we have to introduce these new characters that we have. But then with the new characters, who we've only seen the one movie, we have to have some other new characters that could get killed off to show like a sense of urgency. And it gets really, really crazy. Um, I heard that overall, Carrie Fisher was in it an inordinate amount for being dead. People don't oh, have to dude, be alive to be in movies anymore. One of the most argued over scenes in the movie, which if you go online, it's referred to as Space Jesus. <laughs> uh, basically, she's on a ship in like the commander's post. That thing gets blown up and she's floating out into space with all this debris. And she's got like a little bit of ice on her face, like she's dead, right? And then all of a sudden her eyes open up, her hand flexes, and then she propels herself back to the, the ship that she was exploded off of, floats in front of one of the doors, and they somehow get her back onto the ship. Well, she, and she's got to go into some Star Wars medical stuff for a little while. She, she did, uh, you know, have Jedi powers, she's too. She's Force-sensitive, yeah. She's Force-sensitive. But That's... the way that it's done is, like, I, wasn't, I didn't have a problem with... Uh, the whole like she kind of woke up and used the force to propel her kind of stuff I didn't have a problem with that I had a problem with her like swooping into a door and like knocking on it and they're like open this door like it's, it's not it's space you can't just open a door and bring someone inside you gotta go to an airlock you have to decompressurize everything that's where I was kind of like what are we doing right and if let's, you're in space well science continuity is kind of out of the door with these movies at this point well if you're in space and you don't have a spacesuit on you can't breathe in because you'll implode because of space like you basically have whatever air is in your lungs before you're dead yeah but then all that air is being sucked through the mic microscopic pores that, in your body sure. into space right. like yeah it's, 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 it's well it's the same thing as like gross. Sandra Bullock in that stupid gravity movie like how long could she live in space when she has no idea what she's doing like how bad of a day do you have to have to be in the gravity movie <laughs> <laughs> Like an hour and a half of the worst malfunctions you could ever imagine all happen at once. But the space Jesus part, that was a little iffy. Uh, you don't see Luke Skywalker in a lightsaber battle. Huh. Um, which had a lot of fans fucking pissed. That's where everyone starts screaming, that you ruined my childhood. Well, no, your dad was a pipe fitter that moved into Mexico. That ruined your childhood. And then you use Star Wars to fill that void and to make a happy place. 
so I guess I left yeah. it open ended. Is what you're saying? So okay, Rogue One on a scale from one to ten is, uh, I'd say nine. What would you say? Um, man, that's a, I liked it, but at the same time, I watched Star Wars to see people with special powers do some shit that I can't do in real life. Mm. And so the Darth Vader scene was badass. At the same time, why the fuck do we always have to deal with this Death Star bullshit, man? Yeah, that's true, too. We got the Death Star. We got the Death Star 2. Then we have to steal the plans for the Death Star. Now we have a planet that is basically a Death Star. And in this, one of the climaxes is they're, they're on a base with this big metal door. And it's impenetrable, but... The First Order has a portable Death Star laser, ah! Death Star technology. And that's where I'm just like, man, come on. We, we can't, like, have a disease or something? Like, it's, it's always got to be the Death well, Star? Well, I mean, if you think about it, though, the Death Star is really, I mean, it can destroy a planet, and that is insane. So, you know, the, I mean, it's, it's super-duper technology. It, it's, you know, the biggest bomb, the biggest destruction kind of thing that exists. So, I mean, I understand as a plot point why they continue going back to it. This is what I have always actually have had a problem with for a really long time, back to the originals. Um, with all this fucking money and all this labor they put into building these fucking Death Stars, right? Okay, now we got a little backstory. Dude says, hey, he built this little weak point into it so you guys can blow it up, right? But nobody right. in any of these things, I, I, I don't think in this realm they have cameras. <laughs> they don't have cameras in the hallways. They, they have rebels running around like crazy blowing shit up. They have all this technology that <laughs> they, have they haven't no built camera. a fucking camera. <laughs> yeah. They, they don't have a camera room of like security guards watching the hallways. <laughs> No, they don't. What, what the, one of the things was is a, a set of characters in The Last Jedi. They get on board an Imperial ship. So they do the classic, we're going to take these guys as uniforms kind of thing, right? Right. Well, they have BB-8 with them. And instead of trying to disguise BB-8, they put a trash can upside down on top of BB-8. <laughs> and nobody was like, why is this trash can rolling around? Like... Right. Maybe it's a new robot. So get get back to my original thing. If you were, what I basically want to know is, do you think the Last Jedi is better or worse than Rogue One, or are they the same? Uh, well, see, Rogue One was a complete story in itself, whereas the Last Jedi is the middle section of a longer story. Right. So it's like saying, hey, what's better? Uh, Walking Dead season eight finale or the first season of Game of Thrones? No, but right? it doesn't. That's not fair because so Empire Strikes Back was a middle one, and that's overwhelmingly people's favorite. That yeah, Rogue Star one Wars and that one are still battling that are, before, so. right? But so Empire Strikes Back was a middle. It was in the middle of a story, in the middle of a trilogy, and yet it is people's overwhelmingly favorite Star Wars movie. So my question again is: yeah. Rogue One um, versus Last Jedi, which is better? I mean, in in my opinion, as far as the movie goes, I would, in my opinion, I would say Last Jedi is better. Okay. First person I've heard say that. Yeah, because in my opinion, you get a lot more uh, lore. Um, the, the problem is, is that there's a lot of characters and storylines jammed into one movie. Right. In Rogue One, you just had, you know this chick trying to find her dad so she can get these plans and stop this thing. Whereas in The Last Jedi, 
You've got Ray trying to get trained with Luke, dealing with the Kylo Ren aspect. You've got Poe Dameron uh, butting heads with this new resistance officer that takes over once Leia's uh, kind of put into uh, like a coma stasis thing. You've got Rose and Finn trying to get on to the Imperial ship to uh, stop like uh, this whole attack thing that's taking place. And then you have Kylo Ren's dichotomy with the Snoke and uh, Admiral Hux. So you just have a lot more going on. Is, I, I heard Jar Jar came back. Is Jar Jar back? No. No, Jar Jar's not back. Oh, okay. Oh, that was just a lie God. then. Okay. I heard that Jar Jar... Yeah. Is there another Jar Jar-esque character that they created? Or is Chewie still there, right? Yeah. Well, they have these things called uh, porgs, which are like these little pigeon-penguin bird things. Oh, God. And uh, they're on the island with Luke and Ray, And... They're not like Ewoks, like they don't play an intricate part in the storyline, but they're like all over Chewbacca. But they're cute little things. Yeah, but at the same time, uh, The Last Jedi has some pretty good humor in it. Huh. Like there's one scene where like Luke kind of confronts Ray, and he's like, hey, and he's like, where do you come from? And she's like, I come from nowhere. And he's like, where do you come from? She's like, I come from nowhere. And he's like, look, everybody comes from somewhere. Where do you come from? I come from Jakku. Okay, that's pretty much nowhere. <laughs> There's yeah. some good humor in that. I think the sure. problem is, is that people have so much love and uh, dedication to Star Wars that they feel like it's a part of them. So when there's a new Star Wars movie coming out, people want to take that movie and make it a part of them. But when it doesn't fit in the way that they expect it to, then people fucking lose their minds. Because nowadays, if you don't get what you want, you have to find a stranger and scream in their face. That's absolutely true. Yeah, expectations uh, unfulfilled. What was uh, the best Christmas present you got this year, speaking of expectations fulfilled? Um, I thought being able to buy, you know, my immediate family movie tickets and get them all Star Wars shirts and then have this like family kind of night where we went and saw it on Thursday when it first came out. For me, that was probably the best gift that I got. Oh, that is very sweet. It's a gift that yeah. you gave. You're bringing it back to the old school. Giving is really yeah, man, the gift. I'm not just, what do I need? Another video game, another t-shirt. Like I don't, I don't really need anything. Right. I very much detached myself from material possessions and coming out here. Good for you. Uh, Loud Josh, your favorite Christmas gift this year? Uh, shit. Uh, the only one I know that I got is uh, my dad just bought a set of cycling shifters for a bike that I don't have working right now. And oh, I, I that think, was very I sweet. Think, I think, I, I guess my grandmother may have sent me a card, so there might be some money in there. So, But that that's really about it. Uh, people buy, A lot of people bought drinks. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, that works. Yeah. Ah, well, good. I didn't I didn't give a goddamn thing. I was a horrible Christian this year. I was a horrible Christmas like all of it. I didn't give any gifts for Hanukkah. I didn't give I have I have some uh I did make yesterday though. All right, he's here. Artist Thomas Bridgman, everybody has art is on the walls. Steve Poggi is on the phone right now. Uh, and uh, it, both writers for Tim's Tesseract. We're going to have Thomas Bridgman coming in in a minute. He has the art up on the walls here at Mutiny Radio right now as well. The wonderful, poor Princess Die. It's a beautiful picture of Princess Die. Uh, there's a hot-looking guy in a, in a, in a 
I don't know if he's wearing a cup or if that's his dick. Not sure, but we got the front and back side of that. Also, the Corys in the house. That's been a lot of fun to have them here. Both Corys, Haim, and what's the other one's name? Feldman. 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 Yeah, one of them's dead, one of them's alive. Or maybe they're both dead. I have no idea. Um, So, Steve, thank you so much for your... um, Spoiler, you didn't spoil it too much. I'm still going to go see it whenever uh, it comes out. No, there's still some shocking twists, but I don't know, man. I I think Game of Thrones kind of ruined media, being able to tell a nice long story over multiple seasons at an hour a crack with no commercial interruptions. It's just a better format for storytelling. And I think it's good that you didn't get anybody anything for Christmas because all year round you're doing shit for people. You should have a day off. Oh, that's very sweet, Steve. That's really nice. (laughs) It was just weird to be getting gifts from Jonathan's whole family. And they're like, it's just so nice because they're like considering me a part of their family. And my own family's like the pile of dog shit up there being Richie Pants. I don't even know what they did. I don't know if they all spent it together. But I haven't haven't, um, talked to my mom or my brother in five years now because of the Christmas debacle of five years ago where they didn't invite me and I was like what happened guys, explain this but uh, they had Christmas and didn't invite me up at my brother's house and then they said well we didn't think that you'd go anyway and I'm like well, you could still invite me like yeah I wasn't gonna go but still so how did you like, find out it took place the, the Facebook and then uh, I found out then I found out later even after that that they've all been going to vacation together every um every August with the entire, my brother and his wife and his wife's sister and their, their parents and my parents and all the kids and everything. They go to this place called the Orca Islands, which oh, is yeah, supposed Orcas to be, Island up, up north of Seattle. They're very beautiful up in yeah, Seattle Orcas and they Island's go for really a week nice. and they've been going for years and I've never been invited. And I was like, you guys suck. Like, and then one year they said, well, we could see if you could come, you could be the nanny. You could take care of the kids. Oh, and I'm Jesus. like, so everyone else is like a family member and I'm what? I'm the nanny now? I'm You're the, the nanny. Seriously, guys? Like, so I was just whatever. So and then my mom sent me a big fracture. Happened. You were you were in Danville. No, I wasn't in Danville. Danville. I was here in San Francisco. No, no, I'm saying when you grew up. Oh, everything was fine when I was growing up. It was just when I decided to leave my ex-husband and not lead a normal life with a 401k and a W-2. That suddenly I'm the devil. Like, well, didn't they dislike the fact that he was black? <laughs> oh, well, um, no, my grandma didn't like that my ex-husband was black, but my mom and liked the idea of me being married and having someone take care of me because I couldn't possibly take care of myself in any meaningful fashion. Now, could I? <laughs> um, so, I mean, and when I moved to San Francisco, she said, no more tattoos, just put on a nice silk suit and walk around the financial and find yourself a nice husband. Because again, I wouldn't have any ability to have any, it's just, you know, it's the same thing from the Bible. Like Esther saved the entire Jewish people. How? Was she clever? Good at puzzles? No, she had a hot rack and didn't look Jewy. And my mom is like, you got a hot rack. You don't look Jewy. Go out there, find yourself a husband because we know you can't take care of yourself because obviously, I mean, we know you, we know you know how to read, but you're just a woman, you know? (laughs) So. So you were, you were born born into the dark side and then you turn to the light side basically is what happened. Well, yeah, when I was young I was taught that um, if you're really good looking and look pleasant all the time and, you know, suck a little dick when they ask you that you can really get anything you want and you can, you know, you know, just learn how to cook and clean the house well and have a bunch of babies and um, and you'll be okay. Someone will take care of you. But it's like, what about the what about the uh, the story where no one has to take care of you? If, like, no one takes care of you if you're a man or a woman. You know, like, I don't know, I don't know. 
I feel like if you told me that your uncle was Harvey Weinstein, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> my parents aren't that rich, but yeah, it was, you know, something. I mean, it's fine. So my mom sends me a Christmas card and she wrote me and I opened it last night with Jonathan and I read it and he goes, did you just make that up or did she really write that? And I was like, no, no, she really wrote that. Uh, and it was, I mean, it was very like Gilbert and like, I did the best I could raising you. People make mistakes. Don't hold grudges. And I'm like, hold grudges. You're the one who hasn't called me either. Like, thanks Phones for sending me ways. the money. But I mean, come on. I mean, if phone works both ways, you could still invite me to the Orca Islands or, you know, I don't know, whatever. It's, it's like, if all they'd have to do is invite me to Christmas and I'd be like, oh, okay. Maybe we'll go or whatever. It's fine. I mean, it's one of those things where I was freaking out about Christmas anyways. It doesn't make any sense to me because listening to the Christmas songs, which I know you like and all that, we believe that an unwed mother had God's baby in a barn and then we sing songs about it and everybody gives each other gifts and you have to go see your family and you have to spend money on people. Just all the traditions that have accumulated around the concept of Christmas and its original meaning, which makes no sense. And like its universal meaning, which makes no sense. And the idea that we have to give people gifts to show that they're worth something to us makes no sense unless you have lots of money because you have to spend a lot of Wait, money before you, the end of the wait, year. Christmas isn't about Santa Claus? Well, no, Christmas is about spending a lot of money at the end of the year so that you don't have it in 20, so you don't have it in 2018 when you do your taxes. You know what I mean? You got to spend your profits. That's really what Christmas is about is as a business you need to spend all your profits at the end of the year so that you don't have any tax issues when you get into 2018. You got to have a zero balance or get rid of everything. You have to get rid of the money. Yeah, or get like, rid of stock. Gotta, yeah, get rid of stock whatever. I'm just yeah, yeah. learning this as I'm like I have to do a schedule C and I have extra money in the bank account from Mutiny Radio, but I don't want to be taxed on it, so I better buy a bunch of stuff at the end of the year. I'm just learning about business and I'm 43 years old. I mean, I don't even get it. It's like completely counterintuitive to me that like spend a bunch of money at the end of the year. I'm like, "No, save it so that I have it at the beginning of next year so I can spend it next year and they're like no 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 don't do that whatever there isn't any money there's hardly any money anyways like when i'm talking about a thousand dollars people are like wait you run a business off like a thousand how are you what are you doing how are you surviving i don't, I don't well, know we sell intelligence we, yeah we sell we sell radio for free and people you can be a complete it. moron and throw millions of dollars at a failing business and still have a successful business isn't that crazy i mean, I mean that's what's going on here in san francisco I, bar none i just don't understand i don't understand business i just don't get it. i don't understand money i don't understand business I don't understand Christmas. I don't even understand reality anymore. Like, I'm having so much time just, like, maneuvering through the world and figuring out, like, this is real, right? Like, everybody believes in this? Oh, ah! Like, I'm just very confused. Speaking of confusion... I feel the opposite way. Like, moving through the world, I see what is implied or suggested or heavily influenced, and I can easily just be like, yeah, I'm not doing that shit. Go ahead. (laughs) You guys can do that shit if you want to. I'm not going to play a part in it. Not going to have a role. I bet you don't like waiting in lines no matter how good the food is. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah, me neither, man. I I like where you're going with that. Uh, Hey, everybody, go. That's one thing. When I was in San Francisco at Pam's house, I would come down to smoke, and I'd stare across the street to the 50 or 40 people waiting in lines for Men show and broth. yes for for the ramen place for eighteen dollar vegetarian ramen. Fuck if that's that. not if that's not a travesty, I don't know what is. But that's that's what it is at across the street from Men, it's called Men Show. It's um it was a very famous place in Tokyo, and it's it's the first one is here in San Francisco, and there is a line constantly. 
and it starts at about four o'clock because they open at five and it's for $18 vegetarian ramen. Like if you get the meat ramen or whatever, then it's like $22, $25. But I guess they make their own noodles, so that's supposed to make it really special. Yeah. There's a noodle machine. It's just called vermicelli. You know, it's not that big of a fucking deal. Yeah, it's, uh, so that's that's the stuff. Hey, everybody, go check out Steve's Pogies, stevepogie.com. You can uh, find out where he's going to be doing tours, which he's done with, but he's headlining everywhere, and it was wonderful. Um what else? They can buy your You're toys. They can to watch you. I'm not. They can watch you unbox this, um, this things. I, and, uh, uh, no, I've stopped that. You can watch me live stream and play video games uh, with my drunk cousin and brother. At, wow. Are they as good at video yeah. games as you? Uh, my little brother is good at his, in his own right. He gets really impatient. I, I'm still kind of the master I feel like because I'm, I'm the old Jedi now I don't get frustrated I just my character dies I start it over again I get in there and give him the business get in there and give him the business uh, we'll go check out stevepoji.com and also check out his stories on Tim's Tesseract hey Steve dot com. Yeah. hey it's Tom Bridgman hi what's up Tom how you doing buddy pretty good <laughs> Good radio. Good yeah, radio. you're still alive. I think I'll pay him five dollars. Yeah, I miss you. I miss you dearly. What What are you doing shows at? You're not at Piano Fight anymore, are you? You'll hear. I, I'm here to talk about what uh, what I do. What been, What happened? How it all fell apart? Yeah. Thank God, well, Josh is here with a lighter. My lighter just broke. <laughs> when are you? What, are, do you live he, here? He was just. He just. He was taking care of my cat for ten days while I was in Mexico. And uh, so he was here, and then he left. And then hopefully he'll come back for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival at the yeah. beginning of March. That would be nice if he'd come out yeah. and visit again. Yeah, Thanks. I've got to make a decision on that coming up. Yeah, whatever. I'll just add you to whatever shows. Whatever. Okay. It would be great if you could come down, though. That would be exciting. Uh, any other words about Tim Tesser- Tim's Tesseract? Otherwise, we're going to let you go about your day and get in here with Thomas Bridgman. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. Uh yeah, we're trying to make it as weird as possible. If you think you've got something weird, uh, message the guy with the last name of Pizza and see if you're weird enough to be with us. Yeah, it's kind of him to publish uh, all of our work, all of our weird brain ramblings. I'm really excited because today, actually, it just went up at noon. Installment 5 of Jane 6 just went up. So, oh, nice. Yeah, so I've got 1 through 5 up there. I'm currently writing 6, and... Uh, and I don't know how long this thing's going to go. It's, I mean, whatever. I'm just writing a new story. Exactly. Good. Yeah. That's, that should be enough. That's four then. So that'll be enough saved up for me. Sweet. That I can read. They and are quick, I, I'll too. Listen, and I listen to Thomas Bridgman's dispelling of uh, entertainment. Yeah. Uh, before you leave, I'll tell you one thing that Stephen King taught me and his book on writing, which was so great. And it actually, I had read it after I'd started writing, so it was great. But I never know the ending of my stories, and I was so heartened to uh, read his book and realize he's the same way. Stephen King never knows the ending of his story before he starts to write it, because if he can't surprise himself, how can he surprise his reader? Which I completely agree with. And a lot of people say, well, when you start a story, you don't like have the beginning, middle, and end all mapped out, and you like figure out how, where you're getting to? No. How dull. I, I mean, don't, that sounds so dull. I just have no idea. I don't want to know where it, because if I know where it ends, up then the reader can obviously presuppose it's like when you're watching a movie Jonathan does this all the time I was watching this movie with him and he was like oh the girl's in on it I what we were watching get out which everybody's seen but we hadn't seen so we're watching it over Christmas because what an opportune time to watch racism at Christmas <laughs> with the family and uh, I'm like 
the girl's not in on it. And he's like, the girl is obviously in on it. I'm like, no. And like, he kept saying the story before the story was happening. I'm like, you're so smart. And he's like, no, I just watch a lot of movies. I know how stories go. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Same ability. I do. <laughs> I had no like, idea. I call it all the time. Like, it's like, it might, it might take about 45 minutes. I'm like, oh, I already know who the bad guy is. You're going to wait till the end of the movie, but I already know who the bad guy is. <laughs> I've, 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 I'm with it all the way. I'm like, oh, I'm totally in. What's going to happen? I don't know. But um, I called it Wonder knows. Woman. Well, in the, in the advice from the Star Wars vein from The Last Jedi, that you can apply to your life is uh, just because somebody did some really cool shit a long time ago doesn't mean they're doing cool shit now. <laughs> <laughs> and you know who? You know what? I can. I have one name for that, and that name is Barry Sobel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Barry Sobel. As I, w- I was reading this book from 1987 about comedy and how to be a comic, and Barry Sobel's in the back, yeah. and I was like. What? <laughs> yeah. When I moved here I, when, and I first saw him at an open mic, I was starstruck. I was like, <gasps> Revision oh, the Nerds, too. No. I totally know this guy. Yeah, 227, 227. Dr. Katz. I mean, he was on a lot of stuff. and uh, But then, uh, you know. Yeah, then, you know. <laughs> well, I yeah. hope that doesn't happen to you, Steve Pogey, that you fall into no, man, You're only going to grow and grow. media seamlessly, so putting it all together well thank you so much for being uh, here and talking and being awesome yeah see i might call you guys at the end of the show to do a little recap and uh, make fun of thomas yeah, yeah i love absolutely. it oh you're a beautiful boy stevie p <laughs> okay well we'll uh, wait guys, we'll wait for the light we'll talk to you soon yay oh steve poji yay steve poji uh, hey, we are here. It looks like uh, Loud Josh is outside smoking, toking it up. Uh, he could have done it inside, but that's okay. Uh, I am here with Thomas Bridgman, amazing artist, writer, comedian, improv maven. What don't you do? Plant guru? Musician. Musician? Yeah. You've got, you're all over the place. I'm all over the place. Oftentimes, like, uh, you know, germs. Yeah, we read. I learned about TB a lot yesterday because we were watching something, and Jonathan was like, "What is TB?" And then we looked it up, and it's like this terrible That's disease rough. that's spread 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 through spit. Yeah, <laughs> and like to, little globules of. Uh. It used to uh, like there was a time in which it was like killing lots of people, and then there's been a long stretch in which it's just been the thing that you have to get. Uh, a little poke on your arm so you can go to camp. Right, or you know? be a teacher. I have. I've always had to have a, a TB test up uploaded. But for then now there's kids. there's there are um, there are um, drug resistant strains. It's Wonderful. Ugly. Yeah, we're all gonna die. Yeah, I know it's an ugly way to die. Well, I mean, there's so much biological like warfare that exists that we just don't even. There's so many things that we're like, we know so much, and then we're like, we don't know anything. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they have so many ways to just release it into the. I don't understand why they don't just. I mean, maybe that's what fentanyl is. Like my brain just went faster than my words came out, so I'm sorry. I was gonna say, why haven't they figured out a way to kill all the poor people? And I was like, oh, it's fentanyl. Oh, it's the opiate addiction. They're like car fentanyl. It's the one that car. Is that the new one? That's the one that is like from China. A grain will kill you if you don't yeah. have a huge habit. Wow. Yeah. What's the use of that drug? Like, why did chemists make it? Uh 
And they've been adding it to all the drugs now, too. You can find fentanyl even in Coke, which makes no sense because it's an upper and then also it's, yeah. it's an opiate. It's a, it's a fake opiate. I it's think a, someone's just trying to get rid of it. They just made a lot of it. They're like, I don't know. It's a little dangerous. Yeah, that, Let's just put tell everywhere. people it's Xanax. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's, uh, it, but it's, I, I mean, it might be a big plot to kill the people, the undesirables yeah. of this country. Could that, be. I mean, I don't know. As And hey, you're listening to the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. Spreading socialist conspiracy theories yeah. one, <laughs> one d- disease at a time. Uh, so what are you up to right now besides Tim's Tesseract? Let's look. You're all over that. You're, I mean, are we allowed to let everybody know who, who you are? You're the, you're the, bare exoskeleton contessa yeah yes uh, in, yeah. in many ways i'm a vessel for her um <laughs> much like uh much like Velas, uh, um and uh the philip k dick uh uh alien intelligence which inhabits his body um i am uh, it's very funny the bare exoskeleton contessa uh thank you i i just i I am a connoisseur of fine dining, and I enjoy cooking, and because of my um, background in, uh, in garden design and installation and, and uh, arts and crafts and stuff like that, I thought it would be fun to do uh, a, a sort of um, Martha Stewart slash, uh, you know, Ina Garten, um, Barefoot Contessa style thing, but as... Uh, as an alien who's horrible. Right, so it's great. It's, <laughs> um, she writes about food slash torture for Tim's Tesseract.com. Um, Galactic Table Talk with the Bear Exoskeleton Contessa is the name. Um, her real name is Gorn Shrax 9. Um, with a lot <laughs> wow. of AKAs, she's also known as the Flesh Betrayer, the Ruined One, uh, the Engorged One. Um, she's. Um, it's very funny. Just kidding. I am unhindered by remorse or pity. I feel nothing but pain, rage, hunger, the ecstasy of murder, and the joy of spreading love through cooking for members of the aristocracy ranking higher than my own standing. Yes. <laughs> she's she, she kowtows, she's really into she's really into class. Like she she likes the aristocracy. She doesn't mind because she's pretty high up, you know, she's right, doing right, all right. right, right. But um, I was inspired by the fact that Ina Garten, the the bear uh, the barefoot contessa, whose recipes are like undeniable, they're objectively beautiful. Yeah. Um, even even if you screw them up, they're great. But she was actually um, her background. She was she was the nuclear strategy policy analyst for the Nixon White House. Shut up. Yes. Ina Garten. That. Ina Garten was the nuclear strategy policy analyst That's for insane. the Nixon White House. I've seen her do some amazing brunches with her gay friends yeah. that she has over and they're drinking champagne. She's like, it's just so easy. She's amazing. She I, don't, yeah, I don't think that her having been um, a part of Nixon's cabinet, I guess, um, or just advisors, I don't think that necessarily means that she's a hardcore you know, conservative um, considering her, her predilections um, for e- equal treatment of human beings despite uh, whoever but she, I think she's a Republican because she, she has lots of money and she wants she's to keep it. She has a beautiful, house. yeah. beautiful houses. She's like, oh, and you want to get, just go buy, you know, 12 quail. Yeah, you know, I know, totally sourced right. quail. Cornish game heads right. quail eggs. Like, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, quail, I, quail deviled eggs. They're yeah. just amazing. Tiny little things. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I have, I, I have a, um, a, a, 
a pretty encyclopedic whatever it, for yeah. the stuff I'm into knowledge of uh, of sci-fi uh, literature and and movies and TV shows and stuff because I was born in 78 so I was 78 yeah I was old enough for oh that is nice drug bust they're after you they who is that that's tooting out on the street up oh, 21st of memory brewing they're trying to it's a beer delivery beer delivery deliver it here oh they're backing up backing it up back it right up into muni radio just kidding we don't that's a fine mother trucker wants you to back that truck up well, uh, uh sorry. which other ones are you writing besides intergalactic table talk i'm working on um uh i'm working on a misconnections slash casual encounters style um uh, uh you know multiple entry you know small small like classifieds style uh-huh. thing with Timmy but the the thing is with that it, uh, you know I wrote a whole batch of them and sent them off and um, and we talked about it the unfortunately the the reality we're faced with right now in terms of comedy but also just uh, society is that you know uh, a lot of people are, are are feeling empowered to talk about the sexual harassment and, and, and <laughs> sexual violence. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I know, boot babies. Um, and and, and on, you know they call it the casting couch. What? <laughs> yeah, they have since like 1972. You dumb bitch. You just woke up now, like 45 years after. Everybody saw Mad Men, right? Like <laughs> women have been subjugated since the beginning of time. It's just the way it's been and suddenly now we're like hey look what's been happening feminists whoa i i think it's all like a look over here so that we don't pay attention to the whole net neutrality thing i really feel like it was all just a big puppet show to be like look at this women have been subjugated since the beginning of <laughs> not, not all people hate black people but they all hate women like <laughs> oh, <laughs> yay <laughs> yay well i i <laughs> Uh, I'll say this, my, my, uh, Timmy and my, um, hesitancy to release, uh, a bunch of, y- you know, um, ca- like, misconnections written from the same sort of murderous perspective as oh, the bare exoskeleton, we felt a little uncomfortable with it, so we're sort of retooling it to, to make it just kind of more funny in different ways, because that's obviously, uh, something I'm, I'm fully capable of, but, um, uh, and then I'm working... And- and he's trying, and Timmy's trying to make sure that this is not a political blog. I no, mean, no, it's, he's, not it's at very all. clear yeah. that this is a humor. This is a sci-fi humor it's a cartoon world, website. Yeah. It's not meant to be like, come get your news from yeah. Tim's desk rack. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. That's not what we're doing there. Galactic silliness with as many laugh lines as possible. We want, I think, we we all want it to be just really hysterical and something that people want to go back to. Uh, um, regularly, you know, we want it to be like a bookmark on their on, on the top bar of their browser. Absolutely. You know? um, and check out the weird shit at Tim's Tesseract. Exactly. So we're we're also we've been ta- Timmy's idea. He want, he he mentioned this um, because he and I will oftentimes talk about. Uh, Alf and Melmac and Alf. Alf. I loved Alf. Alf right? Um, Except that he hated cats. Ate he, cats. Well, he didn't like hate cats. cats. He loves cats because they eat cats. Cats right. are like cats. the most delectable thing in the world on Melmac. But here's the thing. Like, Alf... <laughs> Alf on the show, Alf, like... 
seriously never had a cat once never he i mean he lived in a house with a cat and he was never able to catch it or eat it so he's really unsuccessful with it. it's one of those like you know once a year you get a lobster you know for your birthday or christmas kind of thing and then you don't eat it and you raise it in the bathtub like homer simpson yeah exactly you raise it in the bathtub and it, and it continues to grow it continues to grow pinchy oh pinchy yeah so oh. we're gonna do some um like basically cat restaurant review stuff awesome fr- from, from melmac yes melmac has fi- has factored in um melmac is a uh, um a major player uh in my the latest dispatch from galactic table talk um which it will be entitled no harm no foul uh <laughs> f-o-w <laughs> Uh, yes, um, and it's about uh, it's about space chickens, which are and not a lot of people know about this. Uh, and, uh, actually, I'm surprised to to find out how many uh, actual astronomers, space scientists, have no idea about space chickens. Well, they they are um, a direct result of Mel Max predilection for cats. Uh, the chickens were they just ran rampant. Nobody was eating them. Um, they're just breeding all the time. Uh, so there were tons. It's and like Elk Grove it, in California. There you go. Elk it's a, Grove. It's a city where they, they, uh, they have wild live chickens and roosters and they perch in the trees all over town. And you can look up and you see they have these huge long feathers that come down and they're these wild chicken birds. It, you, you it's a lot like it. that. It's a lot like yeah. that. But as we all know, Melmac... Space Mac, chickens. Space chickens, yes. Well, because as we all know, Melmac um, was destroyed. Uh, Melmac blew up. Uh, and I, I believe it had something to do with a, a, a goof up by by Alf himself. I think he... Which I, is why he escaped. Yeah, he escaped. And, you know, and the thing is, like, it's not a big loss. Melmac was a planet populated largely by uh, used car salesmen, game show hosts, stand-up comedians. I mean, the, the schlockiest people, the neediest, schlockiest, worst clothes, worst hair kind of people in the world. Right. Um, and so when Melmac was, was uh, destroyed, um, a lot of uh, its populous uh, they weren't necessarily burned uh, in the in the decimation of the planet they were just ejected into space because what happened was I think Alf uh, I think he, he was he was goofing he was tinkering and uh, and and actually reversed um, the uh, gravity on the planet Melmac and so everything Melmacian um, uh, in terms of uh, its place of origin is now uh, Spacian. Um, so all the chickens that hadn't been eaten yet on Melmac, they were just hanging out, gobbling things up. Um, they, they're all floating through space in, the, in perfect uh, uh, moisture-free uh, freeze. The, the vacuum of space is actually excellent for the preservation of meats. This I don't know awesome. if you guys... Yeah. That's what I was wondering. What, what, are they, what are these valued on on the black market right now? Uh, inc- incredibly high or incredibly low, depending on your vessel. If you're, if, and, and it's just the luck of the draw. You know, I mean, if the market gets flooded because somebody finds a rich vein of space chickens just floating uh, around, say, in an asteroid belt or uh, some kind of nebula, some sort of space cloud that, you know, provides provides uh, um, some uh, binding qualities to to these clouds of floating frozen fowl. Um, then it, you, all you got to do is put out your space net and scoop them scoop them up, and it just depends on your cargo hold how many you've got. Now uh, uh, supply dictates 
uh, market price, as we all know. Um, <laughs> and exactly. So there have been there have been times in which uh, happy times in which uh, uh, space chickens were widely available, perfectly preserved. No, there's no freezer burn in space. I don't know if wow. you guys are aware wow, of that. You don't get any of that whitening of the of the of the skin, the flesh. There's no crystals in the bag. There's it no bag. definitely affects the flavor when you have the for certain when you have it in the freezer for too long. And I'll tell you something. If anything, space actually. Uh increases the umami uh, of a chicken. Absolutely, because it's going to be aging. It's going to be perfectly aged. Exactly. Like, it's almost like with dry aged because there is no moisture. Yes, there's right. no yeah. moisture. However, the it's moisture dry, contained within the yeah. bird yeah. Amazing. sealed inside. How delicious. It's amazing. I mean, you can even, honestly, I've, I've had this. This is a rare del- delicacy, but I've had space chicken feathers. <laughs> When have you ever wanted to eat a chicken feather? Never, right? Well, I'll tell you something. You take one of these feathers, and uh, with the right temperature and seasoning, you deep fry this thing. Deep fry, we all, that's, a, that's an ugly phrase sometimes, but um, really the, the beauty of deep frying is you're essentially encapsulating the moisture of whatever it is you're cooking, and that actually breaks down the proteins and the cell walls enough so that it's soft and tender and delicious. It makes a lot of sense. I've been to a Japanese restaurant where they first bring you the the fish, they take off like a, a mackerel and they'll they'll give you it as sashimi, but then they'll take the bones and they'll deep fry that and then put that on a plate and you eat the whole thing. You yeah. eat all the bones. Yes. And they're just crispy and the way they're deep fried, it's just like it, they crunch in your mouth and they don't like perforate your, you know, whatever. It's just something happens in that process yes. and you can eat the bones. Yeah. So, so the sense. way, the preparation I had of the space chicken feathers deep fried, the, the, the uh, hollow uh, stem of the feather down at the bottom, you know, like old-timey oh, pens? Yeah, yeah. Uh, bechamel sauce, okay? <laughs> what? Bechamel. Bechamel. A- yeah. and, and as soon as I get my hands That's on some more of these feathers, uh, it's going to be buffalo. We're going for buffalo. Like buffalo sauce. Like a spicy, ranchy. Exactly. App. So you take your chicken feather, you deep fry it, it's full of buffalo sauce, then you have an inkwell of blue cheese dressing. Oh! You tap it in there, and you write just the word yum on your tongue and yeah and right i mean i think that's gonna be a big hit um so that's gonna be coming soon exactly so yeah space chicken when you uh, get some of that happily i'll I'll throw some money towards absolutely and and i've been thinking about doing a big old-timey uh wisconsin style fish fry but with cats and just see (laughs) if people want to have the true melmac uh i'm 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 down with a lot of alf heads i know a lot of alf heads they're everywhere did a little more research you'd probably spend less money and just really find somebody in the world that's doing a cat barbecue. Yeah. And you know what? That's a sore subject, but I appreciate you bringing it up. I have been paying a researcher (laughs) to do some research for me. Um, Unfortunately, uh, Jordash is not the most reliable. Uh, I haven't seen... Um, I haven't seen anything for yet. Yeah, Jordash. Yeah. Jordash. Yeah. His last name is Corvette. <laughs> Jordash Corvette. That's great. Sounds like a rapper. Yeah. I, 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 he does rap. Uh, he raps uh, when he's supposed to be doing research, unfortunately. <laughs> Rapping. With us. So, no, in, in Jane 6, I should have uh, been reading some of the other things and known about the Mel Mackians because I actually, there was a part of Jane 6 that in the year, there haven't been cats on the planet since 2099 because of an alien space race the the uh, humans were supposed to be the food source but unfortunately they sent the lupine 
to an old folks home where all they heard the humans were kind of wily and fast uh-huh. and the humans weren't they smelled funny but they had these cats on their laps and so they said oh these must be the humans so they ate all the cats on the planet they were supposed to eat 95% of the humans and then leave the last 5% so they could teach them like water saving technology and yeah. save the planet yes. but they just mistook the cats <laughs> for the humans and so they that's why the humans still exist in 2222 in Jane 6's world that um, gives me that after the water wars but I mean if I would have if I would have put in the Melmachian because they could have easily come instead of the Lupine the Melmachians are not one for uh, going far afield uh, as I said they are stand up comedians game show hosts and used car sales very lazy people <laughs> very fucking lazy uh, unfortunate minded people yeah yeah. yeah I know. If you can poor, call them that. Poor, poor comedians. They, Melmachians, if they were to come here, I think what would happen is uh, they would uh, fall in love with, with aardvarks. Uh, maybe. Aardvarks are. Uh, similar looking. Or ant, aardvarks are anteaters. Okay, I don't know no, what I saw the other day was an anteater. I was at the zoo with a small child, and I was looked at. I was like, that. At the SF Zoo. That's what they look like. The SF. The the yeah the SF Zoo. Yeah, they have that an anteater. anteater is insane. And it's so big. And I've seen them on cartoons. You know, like oh, an anteater in an old. Um, is that like the same one they've had since I saw as a teenager? Is it that maybe, that maybe I, why it's that big? Is I remember that there being one there twenty five years ago. It has a tongue that shoots. I don't know how long it they live. I, but I think they're probably pretty cheap to get a new one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I used they to work like there when di- I first moved. Really? Really? I, I know that at Anteater well. Yeah. It is. It looks like an alien. It's got this huge tongue and then this huge tongue. And yeah. I was like, what is yeah. that thing? It looks like uh, in the first Brian Singer X-Men movie when, uh, when Magneto makes that thing that's supposed to turn all the regular humans into mutants. And it just kind of like stretches them in weird parts uh it's uh, i think it looks like it met magneto yeah stretched that weird nose out that thing uh so everybody go to tim's tesseract and check out all the weird shit that's going on there it's it's building it's building my my lady friend annika sila stand-up comedian extraordinaire and boxer and uh and now writer uh, she writes a a um, article, uh, regular feature called Horoscopia. Oh, she does do horoscopia. So it's uh, all, all of what we're talking about, um, but it's a bit more on the horror end of things and their horoscopes. But they're very funny and well, extremely accurate, troublingly. Uh, so I'm I'm a. I'm a Libra. Let's check out yeah, mine. Give it Libra, some. September 23rd through October 22nd. Whoever put that elf on a shelf is a real card, especially because you live alone. Yeah, that makes <laughs> that makes sense. I'm an Aquarius. Uh, what's uh, what's the Aquarius? Uh, Aquarius is uh, January 20th through February 18th. Regret signing up to host that extended family this holiday season. Tough tits. Learning to follow through on your promises will help you grow as a person. <laughs> Plus, you need fresh bodies to secure Krampus's protection during the Yuletide purge. Yeah, yeah. That's actually you should take that seriously. Yeah. Krampus. What are What are you, Josh? You just you had yours. Your d- Capricorn. End of November. November. End of November. November twenty second through December twenty first. Sagittarius. Nope, nope. The one. Capricorn. A you're a Scorpio. Oh, such a. Con- <gasps> Ooh, you're a Scorpio. Your dreams of a white Christmas will come this December when you wake up fully blinded by the milky cataracts that have been developing ever
ever since Thanksgiving, while you went to your uncle's house and made eye contact with the terrifying portrait he keeps locked in his attic. Don't go in attics. Don't do that. Well, Don't go I, 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 I got around. past that one, I guess. Christmas wasn't the best, but I can still see. You've been smoking enough doobies that yeah. uh, you're keeping your cataracts clean smoking, and clear. Smoking, gramp, smoking uncle's lettuce, not yeah. his paintings. I can spot a LASIK job from a mile away, buddy. That's a LASIK job. <laughs> there was a, that, was, that is very funny, her, her horoscopia. Everybody check that out. Yeah, I think she's just about to drop a new one. She was working on it on the plane on our way back oh. from Milwaukee. What did you go to Milwaukee for? Whose people live there? Harris. And you, so you went and met the fam in Milwaukee? Yeah, in t- negative two oh. degrees. degrees. Was it nice and sunny and no wind? There was lots of wind. It, it, was there a free? Was it a free flight? Did they pay you to come out? Like, how, what, do you, what do you have to do to go to negative two? You know weather? what? I had two different versions of hell: the cold one and the hot uh, one. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, I really had a great time. It was, it was beautiful. We had snow uh, right before Christmas. Like it snowed on Christmas Eve day, um, and it had been about. It had been hovering around thirty degrees 30 degrees but at night obviously worse uh, <laughs> I'm not even gonna say cold it's worse um, but but then it, it really dropped and and negative two I to be fair was as cold as it got and that was it went up to a balmy zero uh, after brunch so Did you go I outside, outside to check it out I smoked cigarettes I was outside all the time is in, that is that your first time in that low of uh, temperature yes okay I how could your cigarettes stay lit in that kind of cold <laughs> Uh, because I just suck on it the whole time. I can't have my hands out, so I smoke everyone like a cowboy or a farmer, you know? Just tucked in my lip, just dragging and drawing until I spit the fucking thing out and go inside. Wow. Um, yeah, it, like, the change from negative two to zero, I'm not joking, was noticeable. <gasps> like, it was like, it's, oh, all right. My arms have uh, separated from and my this trunk is, for this a second. is zero Fahrenheit, not zero Celsius. Fahrenheit. fucking height. So this isn't 32 degrees Celsius. No. Fahrenheit, no. which is zero degrees Celsius. This is zero degree. This is negative freezing. This is a deep dicking of old man winter. <laughs> wow. And you went on purpose. Um, but you met the, your um, lady's whole family. That's yeah. Was it fun? It was great. They loved you. They yeah. were, you had so much fun. Oh, yeah. They, they were wonderful. We'd met before. Um, it was, it was uh, just a... You know how, like... You, you, Christmas is supposed to feel and look like in Aww. the commercials and on shows. Aww. Yeah. Like that. Because also, I, you know, I mean, I had nothing. I had no uh, no dog in the fight, uh, as it were. Like, there's nobody there to make me feel guilty. Um, right. Doesn't happen I, I, in everybody's family, but, right. you know, it's a pretty common thing. So, I, you know, I just, I just got to be charming and be around charming people, and it was fucking fabulous. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I felt similarly when Jonathan, I got to go down and be with his whole family, and they all had gifts for me, and I'm like, I can't believe you guys went out of your... This you know, is right? crazy. Yeah. Like, I didn't give right You're like, I regret setting fire to your garage just now. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the same way. I didn't have a dog in the fight, so I didn't care. I was... No one was gonna... I mean, I have people that make me feel guilt. I got my guilt through came through a card, so that was fun. <laughs> Great. Whereabout was that? Where's Johnny from? He. We went to L.A. 
Nice. Yeah. Oh, LA. It right was now. warm. Mm. And I got a guest set on a real show. I didn't even have to open mic. Nice. I got a last minute guest set on a, nice. at the Hip Hop Awareness Festival in nice. Chinatown in LA downtown. And their public transportation system is awesome. We yeah. went on this thing called the Red Line from downtown. And it took us all the way to Hollywood and Vine, like blocks yeah. from where his cousin lived. Yeah. And I'm sitting here going, I've been talking massive amounts of shit to LA since I moved here yeah. 10 years ago and I kind of feel like a dick. LA rules. It was. I just, I was always like, LA sucks because everyone's in their car and there's no public transportation. You well, can't there's get that anywhere. Too. That does No, suck, but it but does. It exists. They have buses. They have trains. Yeah. At, uh, it was the 23rd at night. It was like 10.30 at night and we were leaving the show that I was, thank you, Tony Asar and Eric Escobar. I had a great time and all the, and um, the, what was the rapper's name? Something the chief I can't remember. Dang it. Uh, anyways, all these rappers and all these awesome people and hip-hop, and it was so fun. And then we get on the tram. It's full of fucking people. Like, it was they like Bart. They actually use it? Yeah, yeah. It was like Bart. It was yeah. full of people. And it wasn't just people sleeping. Yeah. Like in San Francisco, it was Jeez. actual people going places at 10:30 yeah. on a Friday night, Saturday night. And I was just so impressed with LA. Yeah. It's multifaceted. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, everything that sucks about LA that you've ever heard or seen yourself, that's true. But it's a big <laughs> fucking place. Yeah. It's got a lot of it's like a 20-sided die. Right. Yeah, sometimes you get a fucking one, but sometimes you get a goddamn 20. Right. LA's beautiful in many yeah. ways. And I've always said like everybody everyone's wearing makeup and everybody's looks perfect all the time. No, there's normal people too. <laughs> I had no idea idea so anyways i'm sorry la i you you get an apology from me i've been in um <laughs> i've been in southern idaho mountainous southern central idaho for the uh the last three weeks before before this trip to milwaukee working for um a, f a very talented world-class florist doing christmas lights and decorations for the 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 wealthy and powerful wow in their vacation homes um <laughs> cool but uh I'll tell I went to Boise, Idaho, and uh, I'm about to say some shit. Okay, yeah. I'm about Throw to it say, down. I'm about to say some. You cool with this? All right. <laughs> I went to Boise, Idaho. A couple I'm of sorry. times. sorry. Thank you. That's an appropriate response. Um, it's got some, some beauty about it. It's got some thing. I mean, obviously, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful state. It's just that it is... It is full of, like, the people you only encounter in Walmart. Like, that's kind of that, like, the bulk of the people in that state. Which, which then, it, it, that then drops, the, that, if you grade on a curve, that means that the people you encounter in Walmart, um, <laughs> in a state that's, that's like, for the rest of the... Walmart. Oh, my God. Um, and... I had an experience walking through Walmart and actually asking people questions that they never answered. I had oftentimes just a dead-eyed stare if it was a woman, and... Were you asking about abortion, or where's the apples? Like, where were you? <laughs> a little from column A, a little from column B. You're like, Excuse me, where are the aborted apples? And um, do you have a satanic uh, prayer altar here? I need to sacrifice uh, a goat, a chicken, and a child. A space chicken. To, yeah. a, I have a space chicken here. I wonder, where's the buying department? Is there acquisitions here in this Walmart? You don't trade? Do you barter? Um... The men 
whose eyes I, I met. Uh, it was shocking. I haven't felt like, I haven't felt male aggression in the form of like, this dude's never even fucking seen me before, talked to me, has heard a word out of my mouth, doesn't know what kind of car I drive or anything. They've taken a look at me. And whatever it is they think I am, they hate that thing so fucking much. <laughs> yes. I'm not... Is it, was it your, were you wearing that hat? Yeah. It's a cute hat, but... I had this hat in my glasses, but I mean, otherwise I looked basically like a redneck. I had a Carhartt vest on that oh, was all beat to shit. New York. Boots. If it would have said co- Boise, they would have left you alone. But I cover it. I know. So is this a, is this for a team? Is this the New York Giants hat? They're, yeah, they're no... They, might, they, they don't have like a team Bills, in Idaho. You know? There but, is but no still, team. But they watch football. They all have their own And that's why they might hate you, you know is because I mean? like, they don't yeah. have a team and they looked at you and they're like, look this mother fucker he's got a team i mean he's i got, saw he's from california he's yeah. got 12 teams <laughs> i saw their pulse quicken like you could i could see their skin actually moving yeah. around where you would take their pulse faster and like their cheeks flushed like they were blushing i wasn't a hundred percent certain they weren't interested in having sex with me but it felt much more like they wanted my, their fist to have sex with my fucking eye sockets like right, just beat right, me yeah. to death and in now the parking this is, lot and, and now you're, you're you're not referring to rural 300 population this town. is Boise this you're is referring the, to the, the capital. largest the, the capital the largest capital city the city yes right. which is more probably just a town with buildings but they have to call it a city so they feel like a state it's got it's got really cute neighborhoods of the you know the young wealthy middle class the young is there, is there like a downtown financial section there is and I didn't go to it uh, I was there they don't have work. like like some 10 story skyscrapers with some they shady do. capital firm more than ten, out, like. I, I think they have more than 10 stories in some of them but I mean it, it's a bustling uh, city but then it's uh, it's been built out in sprawl so mm. so uh, you know it covers a lot of ground but it's sort of uh, it's sort of I would liken it to like the suburbs of Seattle where it's like oh, like it strip mall really and then bad. a I lived in Seattle I, 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 I've, I've yeah. gotten stuck red, in the suburbs red, in right? Seattle you know, yeah. so I went to high school in Bothell I would tell people don't leave Seattle if you visit like just just stay there yeah if, if that's all you know you'll be you'll be fine definitely don't go to Kent so what so you what you're saying is that Boise is filled with Republican? No, no, I would not say that. No, Boise. They're uh, not. They're not Trump supporters. I, I I know that I really came down hard on on the the folks I encountered at Walmart. <laughs> but everyone else that I uh, had contact with, which were mostly people related to the floral industry, because that's what I, the work I was doing. Um, really cool people. I could have met them anywhere, and I just wanted I wanted to like fold a note and like put it in their pocket, and that they find later that says. Get like get somewhere else. Like get you out. deserve better. Just get, get, out. get out of here because there's more for you. Yeah. Um, this isn't. This doesn't have to be it. But it strikes yeah. me as the kind of place where you can own a house. Probably, oh. pretty. you could probably have enough of a job to pay for that house. And, and if that's your thing, most things are ch- you know cheaper than they are. I mean, here it's like, like a cold Mexico. It's a. Str- it's <laughs> like a Boise, the cold Mexico. <laughs> things are cheaper. You. Can can afford stuff, <laughs> but it's cold. Come to Boise, the cold Mexico. <laughs> si, por supuesto. Boise, Idaho. Es must. No es caro. Es, I don't know. Ex, uh, Did they have public transportation expense. there? 
Sí, por supuesto. I was behind a lot of buses uh, in a box truck. I, I, I sort of moved as limply as they did through the streets. So I did notice the buses. I, they don't have any kind of a light rail or... It's a lot of... I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a lot of motherfuckers with a Chevy Suburban that they just bought. Like, right, right, right. people who... Good Americans. Were, like, after the that last, like, gasoline panic, people still went ahead and bought a... F- Fucking suburban. Yeah. Well, when you have twelve they were children, fucking giving them away. Why are they at still a making point? them? I mean, I mean, I you know figure, like, you, 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 well, like, well, now that I have to save fifteen thousand dollars on getting it, I can spend fifteen thousand dollars on gas and I break even. There you go. I yeah. think they're even giving. Let's away. just burn it all up. No bullshit. I actually think they're even giving away like like gas promotions, like Chevy oh, and sure. Shell. I mean, no, excuse me, Chevron. Five thousand dollars in like, gas yeah, yeah, get it through Costco or whatever the fuck kind of thing. You're gonna be stopped for about doing a slip jib anyways. Go ahead and fill her up because you know as soon as you left the house it went down to half. Here's the thing you just mentioned slim jims. Uh, this is something that's very sad. They're, slim jims are super expensive compared to actually good beef jerky. If you look at the yeah. ounces, it's so it's like $2 for a slim jim and it isn't even real like beef or whatever. But you can get a real bag of Crave that's like 3.5 ounces for you know $4.99 and if you do the math it's actually cheaper to get like the good organic real beef jerky than to eat that disgusting Slim Jim, which well, is probably made of Nutria meat. Like, who knows what it is? It's made. heart. That's it's the made first of ingredient. Heart? Yeah. It's beef heart. They stitch it. Yeah. Beef wow. heart with, like, some fat and seasonings injected in the center. That's why when you Captain buy... You can tell I eat a lot heart. of them. Yeah, snap into beef. I fucking ginger. love Slim Jims. Beef. They're so bad for me, but and they work great after a hangover. I swear to fucking God, they're like little miniature thirty-five to help you puke beers. up the last of the wine I and get whatever fucking tequila. gnarly grease from every single animal that's involved in that thing. Just really sucks all the, the rest of the alcohol out of the stomach. I yeah, think. I, I, I haven't been drinking. Kind of like Jack in a Box tacos. <laughs> nice, yeah. those are important. Uh, I haven't been drinking a lot because this Christmas time, uh, Jonathan's family is relatively sober. I, I had two beers basically over the whole of Christmas. And I'm just wondering uh, what your Christian light or Christian Christmas libations have been. I haven't had any eggnog this entire season, and I am remiss. I feel like I need to go out and drink some motherfucking rum and eggnog. Perhaps I uh, actually have taken the last four weeks to see if not drinking alcohol will uh, make my depression and anxiety my life and achievement consuming depression and anxiety down a notch uh, so I had um, I had a brandy old fashioned at the fish fry we went to in Milwaukee because it's tradition and as you learn in um, Pamela Anderson's classic barbed wire um, you should always drink to remember not drink to forget so mm-hmm. I, I felt like I'll have this it's not me alone it's not like me just every fucking day this is built into everything I do always gonna have a drink a day my depression and anxiety went down a tremendous amount. Really? Yeah. And when I had the brandy old fashioned and, and, and later in that trip, like a glass of wine here and a beer there, I didn't follow them up. I didn't keep going. I, I sort of reset the clock a little bit. And so I feel really, uh, that was a big achievement for me. That's that was huge. tricky. Not drinking for a month. That's yeah. big. Or even I'm on day three and that's the longest I've gone in quite some time. Congratulations. Jesus. Why are you not just really pissed off? fed everyone right now. <laughs> uh, there's other shit to be pissed off. Yeah. I, I, I had, I will admit, I had some withdrawal symptoms. I was pretty unhappy. Uh, I'm still kind of dealing with a little bit of a creative dry spell considering how 
prolific I've been um, over the last like six months uh, up to now. I've written like an album. Wow. Uh, but they're jingles. They're like one minute long and there's that no sounds, lyrics. That's hilarious. Yeah. It's all on my phone Real or my iPad. Make money. Well, I mean, if you don't have any lyrics, that's easy to add lyrics. I want to sell these so bad. Yeah, like just, just five, 500 podcast, bucks a piece. Podcast jingles. Piece. Oh, no yeah. way. Way cheaper. I'd say 50 bucks a piece. I mean, I'm <laughs> turning these fucking things out. Yeah. Anybody needs a podcast uh, opening jingle that sounds like it should have been on the Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack. Right. Uh, I'm talking all 80s synth funky uh, like 808 beats and um, the just the kind of sound that makes you feel like you want to shake your ass. Uh, I've got about 50 of them. Yeah, that's amazing. 50 bucks a pop. That's that's that sounds amazing. Uh, I don't. I never drink. I'm never creative when I drink. Anyways, um, I've been drinking less. That's but not true. You still bake really good shit when you're wasted. That's, no, that's true. That's true. And that's but very that's, creative. I mean, but that's in my being, like baking cookies and and doing cooking. Actually, before I get to what I was gonna say, I'll tell you guys this, and I'll give you one. Yesterday, I made the best new pot treat. I it's a no bake and I've never done a no bake before right so I went to the farmer's market and I got all of these fresh dates and I took out all of the things from the tops and the insides and then I kneaded it together with a bunch of um, candied sesame seeds and then I added stuff to make basically granola so I had brown sugar and uh, poppy seeds and cherry dried cherries and walnuts and oats and then I added the my pot butter I I um and then I kept kneading 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 that all together and then I rolled it out and I cut them all evenly so I made them so I knew how, how much was in each one and they're about 30 milligrams a piece and then I rolled them in um, powdered sugar and on the top I put some coconut that sounds incredible. and I'll, I'll give you guys there I'll give you guys one what right now right and you can tell me Bless you what you think of the new flavor here this year for me uh, food wise dates this is the year of the date for me like I have discovered those mushy cockroach looking little motherfuckers are one for one for each of you. I have to, uh, I have to save them. mine for later. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm moonlighting right now, and yeah, so that's great. Uh, but uh, that's why it's in a little to-go cup. There we go. We're getting Thomas Bridgman's. Uh, think, yeah, tell us what you think. Miss Pam. Are they really good? You really like them? Oh, I'm a you have won my heart, Miss Pam. They're no-bakes. These They're really amazing. easy. I, I've never I've never done a no-bake before. I usually always, mm. you know, stick them in the oven or I, like the, the crackers. So for, for the holidays, I made my weed thins and I brought them on the plane and they're all, like, I made them light so they're like 15 milligrams a piece. So you can actually, at like a gathering, eat a couple of them with cheese. I really like those weed oh, thins. That's so I'm good. so glad you like those. Yay! I, I just took a nibble of mine. That's like really fucking good. Yeah, really? and it's all and it's. I mean, these ones are vegan because so it's all natural. And I actually put the weed in olive oil instead of in butter this nice. time. Nice, well done. So I was like, look at me be the vegan person. Although I'm not, so not vegan. That's yeah, it's not the worst thing to accidentally be, though. You know. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I've just I've been eating a lot of dried fruit and stuff, and it yeah. makes me poop, and I love yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, dates. Yeah. Dates have a kind of resonance in my palate. Like, figs do the same thing where, like, you know, when I was a kid, uh, I found them to be a little rough. Like, they seemed one-dimensional and, and like, perfumey, kind of, huh. but also, like, mushy and just full of weirdness. Right, right. But now that my palate has sort of, uh, it has become a bit more sophisticated, The there is something just, like, dreamy about, about date dates like the big ones yeah 
uh, I don't know, I can't really describe it, but they do still look like cockroaches, and the texture you're looking for is shit, basically. Yeah, it's like yeah. mushy, like yeah. mushy yeah. baby turd. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> With a hard, pointy seed inside. <laughs> mushy baby turd. <laughs> uh, do you mind if I step out for a second? No, no, go ahead. Uh, I'm gonna, we're gonna finish okay. this show in just a second. I was gonna say the last thing. I don't, I, well, I dr- drank less, but it doesn't matter if I'm drinking or not drinking. I still make the same stupid decisions. It doesn't make any difference. Yeah. I, I thought like, oh, if I, if I drink less, maybe I won't do dumb shit. Nope. Maybe I won't say dumb shit to people. Nope. Still do it. <laughs> still do dumb shit. Say dumb stip shit. Make poor decisions. Whether I'm drinking or not, and I've tried it. I've gone sober and I've been, it doesn't matter. The only difference is that when I'm sober, I remember the dumb shit I say, <laughs> and then and then I feel worse. So it might be better for me to just drink. I think you just yeah. need to recontextualize um, the like the adjective for that shit. You know, instead of saying "oh, it's dumb shit," whether I'm uh, sober or drunk, say um, this is. Just like my unique shit. This is you my know, like unique my, This is what this shit that this I my say brand. is what makes me me. Right. And uh, I think also there's something to be said about um, uh, assuming that your um, habits are, uh, uh, won't necessarily instantly shift when you when you cut out alcohol. It's, right. It's, yeah. You have to make new habits because you're sure. hardwired to kind of act a certain way. Um, and and like the the beauty of, of having a little time without the booze is kind of just remembering, um, like remembering the sensation of not really already having an opinion on something. You know what I mean? Like approaching things in a new way because you're like, well, I don't really care about the way my breath smells because I haven't been drinking whiskey since noon. Uh, So I might just go to the grocery store instead of fucking order Uber Eats every time, you know? Yeah. I don't have to hide that I... uh... I've noticed what happens when I cut it out for a while. You know, it's like, it's okay. Like, I I don't say that much stupid shit, I guess, or at least... Not the level of the stupid shit I say when I'm fucking wasted, you know? Um, But fuck, man, I lose. I lose so much shit when I sober up. Yeah. Keys, phones, jackets, just shit just start like, I just space shit and just leave it sitting around. Yeah. You know, like when I'm sober, it's totally weird. And and, and when I lose stuff here and there, when I'm wasted, it's like, uh, oh, well, I was wasted. You know, like, uh, it happens. Fuck, you know, I put it down. But when you're totally sober and you're trying to do shit, and you're actually focused on things yep. and you seriously just fucking left your brand new fucking Galaxy 7 sitting fucking you don't even know where you, you left it you don't even know, you you don't even know where you left it yeah, sitting that's like the other thing you know it's like fuck and, and then it's like fuck it I'm gonna start drinking again I lost my wallet so <laughs> the other day but they found it at, at um, it was out in the back patio there's between the benches there's a little gap and it worked its way out of my pants yeah, into the gulch all the time and I got a text on Saturday night from Johnny motherfucking Davis and it's, he said hey Pam I found your wallet and I went in there yesterday and oh. all the money was there my food stamp card all oh, my shit honey, and I was so like I was like that. ah so I just to get it back I love Bender Sermes I love hearing you have some goddamn good luck thank you <laughs> uh, well thank you both for being here I've been joined by Thomas Bridgman uh, go check out Tim's Tesseract and uh, come here and see his amazing art on the walls and by Loud Josh what a joy it oh, always is to have you here yeah oh, sorry I'll let you oh no go ahead I just wanted to plug also yeah. um, 
Annika, uh, my lady who writes Horoscopia for Tim's Tesseract, if you like uh, her fun uh, words and such, uh, go see her do stand-up. But also, she has a podcast um, called Hot Gazpacho, and <laughs> she it's pretty amazing. She interviews uh, um, comics and interesting folks that she knows who have interesting pastimes, and um, she's had some really cool ones. She had somebody come on and talk about opera. Somebody came talked about cryptozoology. Whoa. Like, people, like a stand-up comic who knew a fucking lot about cryptozoology. Wow. That's some pretty amazing shit. Um, so, Hot Gazpacho and the the, um, the website is... Uh, oh, it's it's Hot Gazpacho, all one word, dot Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, dot com. Hot... Yeah. Uh, okay, so H-O-T-G-A-Z-P-A-C-H-O dot L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. And you, if you look at Pop Gaspacho, it'll always tell you the Libsyn yeah. thing, too. So it'll be there. That's a really funny name. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, at the beginning of the show, we opened with Susan Olson, that first rap we did. Uh, we're going to close here with 45 Alive. These are the one-take raps that uh, LaToya and I did at the beginning of the year that are all... This is not me. These are all Trump's words. Okay, and the last one was Susan Olson. That's all shit she said. I'm just rapping what she said. And in this one, I'm just rapping what he said. So don't get mad at me. This is all our president. I guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. What? This is weird. Actually, Alex. We're going to see what happens uh, here as we. Uh, we're gonna bring up. Uh, we're gonna start with a little.